Awesome. So hi, everyone, and welcome. My name is Shannon Morales. I am the founder and CEO of Trabaja, your modern day work tribe. We're a digital talent marketplace and community for underrepresented tech and startup enthusiasts. Our goal is to connect job seekers um, in the tech industry to amazing tech startups and forward-thinking companies. Today, we have Ali, who is here to talk about their work-life culture, to talk about you know, the roles that they currently have available, and hopefully you'll be able to just get a sense of what it's like um, to work at a company like Ali. I think startups are so unique in the way that they operate that it's very hard <laughs> to kind of have a one way of talking about all startups because they all aren't like cookie cutter and fit into one mold. So I think it's important to have companies like Ali show up and express, um, you know, what makes their company unique and great. We have two representatives from Ali. We have Christina Diemer. Uh, she is a UX uh, user experience developer at Ali. And we have Max McMillan, who's a senior user experience professional at Ali. And so I am going to turn it over um, to Ali right now. So Christina. Awesome, thanks so much, Shannon. I am You're going welcome. to um, share my screen. Yep. Here we go. Can everybody see the deck? I hope so. Awesome. Um, so hi, I'm Christina Diemer. I'm a UX um, developer at Ali, and I'm here with Max, um, who is a senior UX developer at Ali, and we're going to chat with you today about work life at Ali. All right, so who, what, what is Ali? Um, the, tech, the technical elevator pitch we give is that we are strategists, researchers, designers, and developers who craft custom digital experiences for publishers, nonprofit institutions, museums, and brands. So we'll talk more about the type of clients we work with in a couple slides, but think large-scale web apps and websites for mostly nonprofits and media journalist corporations. Um, and then we are a team of technologists, designers, scrum leaders, people, people leaders, putting all those products together for our clients. And now we're going to introduce ourselves a little bit more to you. So um, this is me. Um, I um, I'm a career changer. Um, I worked in fundraising and arts management for more than a decade before I um, before I became a developer. Um, I worked at a smaller agency before I um, joined Ali, um, and I learned about Ali while I was working while I was um, at um, the Museum Computer Network Conference, where I was giving a presentation on accessibility for in-gallery experiences. Um, I've um, I've become a bit of an accessibility champion. I'm a certified web accessibility specialist. I've spoken about it at spoken about web accessibility at a few different conferences, um, 
And I'm also very passionate about headless WordPress. Um, and I've spoken at a few conferences about that um, as well. And um, at Alley, I've really had the chance to really grow my um, development skills and my, um, and my public speaking skills as well. Um, so let's hear a little bit more about Max. So hi, I'm Max. Uh, I identify as transgender non-binary and my pronouns are they, them. Uh, I am a senior user experience developer at Alley. So that's the job that handles most of the front end technologies, what, how the user experiences the website or app that they're using. Um, and I live, as I mentioned, in Tucson right now, very, very Southern <laughs> part of the US with my partner who teaches at the University of Arizona. Uh, I also, outside of Alley, teach in a coding boot camp run through the University of Arizona. And we have a toddler. It's almost two. Her name is Ida, and she is a very, a very troublesome, wonderful, brilliant little girl right now. Um, and it's amazing because I also was a career manager. I actually started in the performing arts. I was a child actor. And I worked as an actor professionally for 25 years until I was in my early 30s when I realized that I didn't want to do it anymore. I just didn't like it. I'd been doing it too long to see that. And I got real with myself and said, nope, I'm going to do something else. And I've always been really interested in tech. And I was able to switch gears at that time and have then been making my living from development for about 15 years now. Ali is the third agency I've worked for, but I also freelanced and had my own um, sole proprietorship business for about a decade. And uh, I decided to drop that when I saw the rising trend of remote work and companies like Ali sort of like stepping into the field. Um, it was really important for me to have strong work-life balance, especially with a partner and now with a, with a baby and as my bio says, I have two very demanding large dogs who you might hear in the background. I apologize in advance if they decide to start wrestling because they like to do that when I talk. <laughs> and so that they are frequent, frequently on my, my Zoom calls at work. Um, but yeah, I, I came to Ali a couple years ago. I knew some people who had started working here and they said it was a great place. And I wholeheartedly agree. I've been here a little over two years now and um, I'm involved in a lot of media sites and also I'm a member of the Diversity, Equity and Inclusion Committee. So I will talk about that more at the end of the presentation. But first we're going to head back into what is Ali, who is Ali and who do we who do we serve when we talk about these enterprise level clients that we're working for? So I'm not going to read all of this text, um, but we are a full service agency. So we do design, development, editorial strategy, um, accessibility audits, um, and more. Um, we serve very large um, publishers, including um, News Corp, Meredith, um, I know Max has worked with NBC, the New York Post, Kaiser, um, Brookings, um, I think a number of the, the logos on here. Um, and I've worked with um, Direct Relief, Fortune, Colorado Public Radio, Roll Call, um, other large scale um, publishers and nonprofits. Um, so we were founded in 2010. Um, 
so we're we're sort of a, a 10 year old startup i guess um and um and we have more than 70 employees and and 50 clients across um sort of um the united states canada europe and and south america so um reaching a lot of people yeah, I would say that while while we may not be a technical startup in that we didn't just start, we still value the sort of iterative process that a lot of startups follow. And something that I've really come to appreciate about Ali is that we can change and grow and, you know, with input from all the employees and all the executives um, together as a group, we can try something different. If something isn't working, we can branch out into a new area if we have interest you know if, if we're interested in working in that way so there's a lot of there's a lot of values that we've managed to hang on to even though the company has grown from just you know two two people two developers in new york city in you know in 2010 to 70 employees spanning you know globally now three countries um, we've got and we've got people traveling also doing remote remote years where they're traveling in other places. So while our primary employees are in the US and then we have folks in Canada and we have some folks in Brazil, we have other people who are frequently signing on from Mexico, from Ireland, from Portugal, um, people moving around the globe as well. Yeah, That's I have a teammate yeah, who's in, I was gonna say, I um, have a teammate in Australia. So um, mm -hmm. it cover, yeah, covering a lot of ground there. So, so we see you, person here from Lagos. <laughs> that is exciting, and post and all the everyone here from the U.S. and as well. But we are we're here for everyone. So let's talk a little bit about what life at Ali actually looks like. We can go to the next slide. So, as we said, seventy-two team members currently, ten teams. Uh, four plus countries, 21 states. We are all widely distributed and we were distributed this way before the pandemic. We were fully remote before the pandemic and we were fully distributed. Um, there was a time in Ali's past where they had sort of a headquarters office space in, uh, in Manhattan. And that quickly, quickly came to a demise because people, you know, wanted to balance their work life in a different manner. And founders were really open to that. And, you know, the, the very first remote developer they hired, uh, a female developer from Michigan is still working at Alley. And she's one of the, one of the original employees, but they brought her on as the first remote person. And then from there out, we all joined remotely from our little, our little corners, which is pretty awesome. Um, this picture is from our, our pre-pandemic retreat. We had a 10-year anniversary retreat in Cancun, um, which was awesome. This all expenses paid experience we got to have together. We got together for three days, and then some people were there for longer, depending on what they were doing with the company, um, and got to see each other in real life. And we do hold regular in-person retreats, obviously when it's safe and possible. It's something that we haven't done since this was January of 2020. So this was literally right before things started shutting down. Um, and we will probably have a retreat like this, an in-person opportunity again in 2022, we're thinking, but you know, everything can change between now and then as we have learned. So we're looking forward to that. We do, we do enjoy getting together in person when at all possible. But in the meantime, we spend a lot of time 
talking in Slack. Um, we spend a lot of time in Zoom on calls like this with each other, sharing work, sharing our screens, pair programming together. And we organize all of that using the Scrum methodology. So Scrum is a, a, a method of product development. It was actually it was actually developed also, I think about 10, 10 or 15 years ago. Uh, there's a man named JJ Sutherland who is still the head of Scrum. And we, in 2016, Ali had been trying a bunch of different ways to govern itself. And in 2016, the founders caught, the, caught wind of Scrum as a method of organizing teams and product work and went all in on it and transitioned the whole company to using Scrum. And so that is a large part of what we do each day. Um, one, one, one thing uh, else that I want to point out from that last slide is just that the, the guiding principle we have, thanks Christina, is you are an adult, you can govern yourself. We are really a group of people working together as adults, as adults with our own lives, with our own offices, or in a co-working space somewhere else. And I've really appreciated personally that Ali sees me not just as an employee on a, on a product team. I am a person. I am fully fleshed out, I have a family, I have other obligations, and I can get my work done. And I can be responsible for the tasks on my plate. I can be responsible for learning new things that I need to learn for this job. And I can contribute to the company pretty wholeheartedly, which is great. Um, yeah, that really, that really, all of our people policies here stem from this statement, you're an adult, you can govern yourself. So let's go on now to a day in the life. What does what does a day in the life at Alley look like? Christina, do you want to talk a little bit about your experiences? Sure. So um, I think teams are, I think it's important to mention that like everybody's um, organized into teams. The teams are very self-organized and every team experience is a little different um, because they're made of different people. And um, so I've had, um, teams, I've been on a team that was very, um, that like to swarm or work on a lot of problems together. I've had teams where people um, were a little bit more um, like to work on things on their own. Um, and, um, but we, um, but we all sort of follow these scrum practices and that helps um, provide a sort of overlayer framework for um, how we how we do our work and how we get things done. Um, I um, just to be very like to be very literal about it, you know, I I log on at at about like nine o'clock in the morning, and I'm somebody who like I work a sort of normal work day, um, and not everybody does that. I have a coach who. Um, has, um, who has four kids and he logs on pretty early and then he logs off, has breakfast with his kids and logs back on and then logs off at lunch, has lunch with his kids and logs like, and, and um, you know, works for the afternoon and just makes sure that he, you know, has time for his family. As, as Max said, you know, it's important that people are treated like people. Um, and as a UX developer, um, I, um, I work, I, most of my work is, um, is a lot of front end, front end tickets. I work in React. I work with style components. I work with, um, I work with, um, 
Uh, yeah, mostly React and styled components. And, and obviously, like we're a WordPress shop, so we work with WordPress. Um, and, um, and I work with um, those enterprise level media clients that we were talking about. Um, I often interface with um, clients during the day. Um, and there's not a lot of sort of bureaucracy of, oh, the only so-and-so can talk to a client. Um, like a lot of, you know, if you have a question to ask a client, you can usually just sort of, you know, ping them in um, the appropriate channel in Slack. Um, and, um, and I think that a lot of these things just contribute to the, to the overall, um, as, you know, Max was saying, the philosophy of, um, of, you know, you're an adult, you can govern yourself. You can, you will get the tools that you need to do your job um, and to build a successful product. Um, um, but there isn't a lot of, you don't have a technical manager who's going to be looking over your shoulder and making sure um, that you're um, doing your, that you're doing your work. Yeah, that's a big, that's a big one here. And that's something that it takes people a lot of time sometimes to get used to. Um, you know, one of the guiding principles of Scrum is that the product teams get just enough of the right information at the right time. And that's sort of how a lot of how we function as teams at Alley work, both in terms of our interactions with our clients, where, you know, we're talking to clients and saying, you know, what do you need? And they're laying out what they desire and we're taking that user story back and turning it into tickets and tasks and ultimately apps and websites for them. And we have a really great flat communication hierarchy here. So that means what Christina was saying, if I'm working on something for a client and I have a question, each client is different and each team is different. I'm someone who likes to work really solo. And so I usually will ask one of my, um, one of the, the, the scrum roles on my team, either my scrum master or my product owner to say, hey, do you know the answer to this question first? And if they don't know the answer, they'll usually say, no, why don't you go ask the client? And we have really great relationships with our clients and we have them in, our, in, in specific client facing Slack channels that we can talk to them directly and, and get the information we need because we're, as we said, we're adults working on our problems <laughs> and we are problem solvers and that's what we're doing. So we, we remove impediments to solve problems. Um, and that's also part of why our teams are very self-organized. So what I experience on my team is gonna be very different from the experience Christina has had on her team and what other folks at Alley have had on their teams. Um, I had a recent, I'm having a fun time right now because one of my very best friends, uh, IRL in real life, has just joined Alley as a, a scrum master. And he had never worked in scrum before and he had never worked in tech before, but he was a smart, able guy. He did a lot of research, did a lot of homework. Um, we'll go through what our interview process is later on, but he was able to get through the whole interview process. And he was such a great fit and had such a good like ethic and personality that Ali said, you know, we're going to find a team for you. And so he joined a team and it's been fun to share. Um, it's been fun to share kind of like stories with him daily in, in Slack. And then we have phone calls and whatnot afterwards. And um, cause his team is 
100% functioning differently than mine. Not worse, not, not better, just different. They're made of different people with different needs and different schedules and different clients. And so that team is allowed to sort of mold itself how it works best. You know, my team, we're working on, I'm on uh, Camp Media and we're working on, as we said, a lot of large media sites, media journalism publishers. And, you know, I've got most of, I'm the most Western time zone, but I have a teammate in Boston who likes to log on later in the day. So she starts her work day around 11 a.m. or noon her time. We don't have the expectation of set business hours as long as you are showing up for your team, getting your work done. Um, those are sort of the, the main tenets and communicating well. You know, we are really, really strong communicators in Slack, over Zoom, any way we can, written, et cetera, like code comments, every way we can communicate, we're, we're doing it. And um, it's, it's pretty great. It's pretty great that way. Um, let's go on next. That sort of dovetails into the company values. Like the reason why we are able to self-organize as teams is that the company has actually empowered us to do so. So as we've been saying, our primary interactions are on Slack and on Zoom. We log in, we say hi when we come to work. Hey, we're here. Um, we keep hours based on what works for us, our client responsibilities and our teams. So for instance, I am actually on a day off today. This is a, I have a, a, a PTO day today because I didn't have childcare. So I went to my team last week and said, hey, I'm gonna have to take Monday and Tuesday off next week. Uh, can we, is that cool? How, how can we work around that? And we worked together and we said, yeah, okay, I don't have childcare. I'm gonna take my day off. And I don't have any guilt or stress around this. So it's just, it's just lovely because my, I know my team has my back and I know that I'm supported by Ali at the top level to, to do that, to spend the day taking care of my toddler because I, my childcare fell through. Um, and that's not the case in a lot of places, you know, um, which is not to say that we don't work very hard. We work very, very hard. And oftentimes we have very grueling schedules when we're, when we're doing a product launch. Um, but we balance that also. We really try to, to see each other as people. Um, and and you can, Scrum, oh, go ahead. I just wanted to say like in another reason that there's sort of the, that you can feel more comfortable taking that time is that we do have the um, unlimited PTO. So yeah. you don't have to worry about, oh, that this is, if you take time in, um, you know, if you, that, that you're reducing the number of vacation times that vacation days that you have and in fact i've gotten if you don't take um a certain amount of days like you will be um encouraged um by the company to schedule time off um time, scheduling time off is very important so it's not um it's not just that there's unlimited um pto it's almost like there's a minimum um that you should take <laughs> yeah Definitely. Folks on my team, I'll tell you, I don't have that. No one is telling me to take more time off. I'm like, yo, I've got a toddler I'm taking off. But I have, I, I also have teammates who have had um, encouragement, like, hey, we're coming towards the end of the year and we see you've only taken two days off this year, you know, and some of that is that they just like working. 
um, the two the two men I'm thinking of in particular actually just like working that much. They'll log on even when they are on their days off. And again, you do not have to do that. That is not an expectation. That is how they like to work and they're able to do that. And then they're encouraged to take time off. So then they then they schedule their vacations with their family or their time around the holidays um, with that. So it's it's very flexible in that way, as long as you, again, are being an adult, governing, governing yourself, getting your work done. Um, it's not gonna be a good fit for people who like a lot of rigid structure or who like a lot of management or hierarchy. Um, that's, those are people that I would suggest seek, different, uh, seek a different company culture than we have because we're very much, um, we're, yeah, we're just very grounded in some of these values. Um, and we really, we really expect people to show up with their best selves and work it out, which is what we do. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. So talking about unlimited time off can sort of takes us to this next slide. Um, Christina, I also saw that we had a a coach, a question about coaches in the chat, in the chat, oh. and I know that that's something that's really important to you. So why don't we talk about that first, and then I can talk more about the other benefits we've got going on. Sure. So um, coaching is um, one of my favorite benefits from at Alley. Um, it's something that I've um, that I found very um, enriching. So we don't have managers, um, and. So coaches are not managers. They are somebody who is, they are a peer. They are not on your team though. Um, and they are somebody that you can get support from to discuss um, technical issues, to discuss um, how to make progress on your, um, on your professional goals, um, to get support um, if you're having any issues um, with your team. Um, and to, um, or to help you, um, you know, get the most out of your time at Alley. Um, and my, um, my coach, um, has been, um, important in my journey, um, to become more of an accessibility, um, specialist. He has, um, his PhD in web accessibility and is somebody who has like helped encourage me to get my certification and um, we've done um, some of our our talks have been together um, but and um, he's sort of been like my go-to person at Alley. Coaching though like everything else sort of looks that the relationship can look a little different based on the what the coachy wants to get out of the experience. Um, and some people want, um, you know, want to focus exclusively on their, you know, what their professional goals are. Some people want to talk through, um, you know, things that are, that live in the, the sort of liminal space between personal and professional, um, people um, can, can use this support sort of how they need to. Um, but it's not a, it's, again, it's not a manager. This person isn't going to evaluate your work um, and they are not going to provide guidance in terms of everyday, um, everyday deliverables or anything like that. Um, it's a really, um, 
it's, it's a really sort of special um, program that we are also, um, we're working um, to make it easier for people to change their coach. Maybe you just wanna get a different perspective from people. The coaching program has opened up to um, make it possible for um, more people to become coaches. I became a coach this year. It's been such a rewarding experience for me. Um, I really um, value the time that I get to spend with my coaches. Um, and again, like I think this also speaks the changes and the evolution of the, the program sort of speaks to what Max was talking about earlier regarding like how Allie iterates on things. Um, so we've even iterated on these internal programs like, um, like coaching. Um, so it's, this is a really great um, benefit um, for me. Um, some other benefits that are important are things like we've talked about, like flexible schedules um, and unlimited PTO. We also have um, professional development budgets. So if you want to take a class um, or attend a conference, um, there um, can be a budget for that. Um, there's also um, uh, there's an equipment stipend um, I needed when I, before the pandemic, I worked at a co-working space, which Ali, um, Ali provided um, the um, support so that I could do that. Um, but then when the pandemic hit, I had to work from home. I needed a new office chair. My equipment budget covered a nice, comfortable office chair. Um, and we also have um, a lunch budget. Um, usually if you work at a, at a startup or in tech, a lot of times they bring in or cater lunch um, to the office. Sort of in lieu of that, um, everybody gets a, a lunch budget um, each month um, to spend on, you know, whether it's on groceries or Taco Bell or whatever, um, whatever, whatever you'd like. And it just helps make things um, a little bit more um, comfortable for everybody. Um, Max, what are your sort of favorite benefits? Oh, I, I love my lunch stipend. Um, I love that Allie trusts me to have a Brex, uh, a company MasterCard so that I can, I don't have to get purchases, uh, small purchases up to a hundred dollars. I don't need to get approval. I do need to return in to turn in my receipts for those. But once again, you know, I have definitely used my office budget to buy an extension that puts my camera really close to me. And I have a pop guard now and a microphone, um, things to make your work, you know, work for you wherever you are. Ali also provides your laptop, which is something that the other two agencies I, I worked with did not do. I was using my personal laptop for that work. And Ali, it was very nice that Ali sent me in my, in my first box when I got hired was uh, a MacBook pro and a bunch of cool swag hoodies and, and a coffee machine and a pound of nice coffee to, to make on my own. So, um, and then, you know, we also have a host of the more normal benefits like a 401k with a company match, um, medical, dental, and vision insurance. Uh, one of the really great things we do at Ali is profit sharing. So there are thresholds that we hit in, a, in any given quarter. And if we hit a profitability threshold, we uh, that amount gets equally distributed among all employees who've been with the company more than a year. So anything over. So, you know, obviously last year, this wasn't happening very much because everything was sort of slow. 
I did really appreciate that Ali did not lay anyone off because of the pandemic. They invested internally and they had been managing our cash reserves in such a way that um, they were able to keep everybody with a job for that, for that whole period of time. And now that things are ramping up again, we're starting to see more profitability again. And so we will start to get sharing payouts in our paychecks at the end of each quarter as we as the company continues to grow um, something else on that note this isn't a benefit specifically but something i think it's important to to mention uh, that kind of goes with the last slide about company values is that ali is very transparent from the top down um, every month we have a, an all all employee call that we call our town hall and during that time our ceo goes over the financial picture of the company based on the reports they get from the accountants and talks about the projects we're working on, talks about, you know, this project is over budget, this project is under budget, this project is profitable, this is what we're looking at, this is what's coming in the sales pipeline, but those numbers are all available to us. So we always know and have access to how, how well Ali is doing and how we are contributing to Ali being um, both profitable and a good place to work. That's not like overly grueling and gonna cause a ton of burnout, right? Um, and at any point, I also have access and Christina has access, every employee has access to any of the executives. Like I mentioned, we have a flat communication hierarchy and that means that I can put a meeting on the calendar with the CEO and say, hey, I had an idea or hey, I was confused in the town hall when you were talking about you know, X, Y, and Z financials about that one project could we talk more about it? That's that's open at all levels, um, which is great. The executive team does function as the final decision makers for anything large happening in the company, but everybody's input and voice is actually valued. And I cannot say that about any other place I have worked, <laughs> that I have been able to sit down with, you know, the director of my department and Christina's department, which is the director of technology and say, hey, this happened and I don't understand, can you give me more, can you give me personally more information about it? Not, can I go to my manager who goes to their manager who goes around and talks around in circles about it? I'm able to sit down and, and with someone on Zoom and say, hey, let's discuss this thing that happened and um, see if we can meet common ground, you know? Um, so yeah, so I love our, the benefit of our open communication. I love our equipment budget and professional development stipend, I've been able to take a coding boot camp that Ali paid for and that Ali allowed me to take time out of my workday to invest in. That's also something that is continually improving. We're, we are iterating on how to make professional development a regular part of our workday, um, even though we have some teams who are very overloaded with lots of client work, which is why we're hiring, <laughs> why you're all here, and why we are excited to be talking to you is because we need more people to help because we've got so much work right now. Um, I love that Ali will update my MacBook Pro every two years if I need it. Um, I love the culture. I love that we have an open Slack. We have a lot of culture channels in Slack about like folks who are interested in gaming, folks who are interested in pets, parents, um, you know, folks who are interested in beer or photography. Um, we have one Slack channel called Beats and Rhymes. Um, it's, it's, we're a pretty fun group of people too. Um, something new that we're launching is actual official affinity groups too for, um, 
some of uh, the, the groups of people at Alley that might fall under more protected status in terms of diversity. And I'll talk about that when we get to our, our diversity slide in a, in a couple of slides. Um, but we are forming more official affinity groups that are gonna start launching uh, events across the company. For instance, there could be a women's affinity group. There's currently a women's culture channel, but we're gonna make an official women and female identified affinity group that will be hosting events and, and doing fun things for Women's History Month and, and stuff like that. So um, we we got through that. Oh, no, I'll talk about this later. But I was going to say we got to that point through a lot of the work that we've been doing over the last year around diversity. But before we get there, let's talk more about the open roles that we have right now. Yeah, we have um, a few different roles. Um, we are looking for every kind of developer position that we have, um, Laravel developers, UX developers, software developers. Um, we are also looking for um, digital designers and agile process leaders. Agile process leaders is our title for um, essentially for scrum masters. But again, as Max mentioned about um, their friend, um, that you don't have to be a certified scrum master to apply. We've um, hired people who have no scrum experiences, but have the right set of skills and um, experience. Um, there are, there's more information about um, what we're looking for, for the developers um, on our website. Um, the, um, I think it's, um, I think it's also maybe helpful to mention um, when I initially applied, um, I applied for the um, for the software developer position and through the interview process, they were like, you're a better fit for a UX developer. So if you're not sure where you fit in, um, because maybe you have very general, like you have general um, tech skills or whatever, like just start yourself down the pipeline and they can help um, sort of position you in the, in the right place. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that's a really good point. And um, as Christina mentioned, I had one of my, and I've mentioned, I had one of my best friends just get hired at Alley as a scrum master. He had no scrum experience. He had a lot of project management experience, but never had held an official project manager title anywhere. He was on the board of a nonprofit. He still is on the board of a nonprofit. Um, he had worked with a lot of arts facilities in a facilities management role, but he was able to translate that because he was interested enough in tech, <clears throat> you know, very quick to learn tech things and tech terminology. He went and <laughs> he listened to every episode of Two Scrums Up that had been published and through the interview process. And now he got hired as a Scrum Master, he has paid for him to do his certified Scrum Master training. And so he's actually now completed that and he's leading a team as a Scrum Master. Whereas six months ago, he was literally working at a mortgage loan processing firm at the bottom of the food chain. Um, so there's, there's a lot of opportunity, even if you don't think you fit uh, the roles directly, um, depending on what skill sets you're bringing. So hiring and diversity. So, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> so Ali is absolutely dedicated to diversifying our workforce. And one of the things that like this partnership with Shibaha is one of our outreach efforts. We've also been putting up, uh, we've also made a lot of effort to put up our postings at 
a variety, a really wide variety of diverse job boards. So you can, you, we're, we're continually, if you know of any that you're looking at and you want to shoot them to us in the chat, we're always adding to our list, but we're, we're posting all over the place. We're posting women who code, black girls in tech. Um, we're a partner with out in tech. We're a partner with, um, we, we have a couple of accessibility boards that we're posting on. So we're trying to, we're trying to really expand uh, our opportunities for the greatest amount of people. And this is a little peek at what our hiring process actually looks like. So it's pretty long. Um, it's very thorough. It can be very intimidating, but I think by the end of it, you, you get a sense as the job seeker of whether or not you'd be a good fit here. And Allie gets a really good sense of you. And, and if you're someone who has the right skill set and also is a good is a good person, is a good culture fit. Like we're looking for people who are fun to have in our Slack channel and on our Zooms every day, you know? So the first step is that you apply, you apply through ally.co slash careers. The open job postings are there. Um, you do an initial uh, sort of phone screening with one of the people who are working on hiring here. We've got a couple of, a couple of great folks doing that screening. And then you first get set up with your 30 minute uh, 30 minute interview. I'll say the initial screening also covers looking at your sample, your code samples and your portfolios, your resumes, like looking at your actual application is what happens in that initial screening process. And then you get set up with uh, a phone, a 30 minute phone interview, which is kind of like a nice little intro. You get to ask, start asking questions and we get to start asking you questions. Then you'll get a longer meeting with someone in HR, usually um, uh, a couple of people here. Kelsey has been our, our main HR contact for a long time, um, all the way up to Bridget, who is our uh, COO, who will do one of these interviews with you. If you move past that second interview, the 60 minute, the second 60 minute interview listed here, you go into a third 60 minute interview, which would be with the top uh, person in your department. So my 60 minute interview and probably Christina's 60 minute interview at the end was with the director of technology because we were coming in for a developer role. My friend's 60 minute interview, which was, was with Bridget, our COO, because he was coming in as an agile process leader role. Um, and then I'm excited about this one. The really fun interview is also the most intimidating one, but you do a 60 minute Slack interview with a group of randomized alley people. Um, you get invited for an hour into our Slack and it's sort of a rapid fire Q&A, but also really fun. It's not just like, you know, what sort of unit testing do you do? And do you do that in PHP or do you do that in JavaScript? Blah, 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 blah. It's also like, is a hot dog a sandwich? Discuss. <laughs> And I think the fun part about this is that you get to, you get to, candidates get to see how we interact with each other as well, because there is, because it's not just, it's a, you know, a half dozen people or so. So you get to see how we interact with each other, how the flow of communication how, um, feels to you. We get to see what kind of, like what your preferred emoji are. Um, and, but I will say that like, that um, as um, a somewhat like older person in tech, um, I had been using Slack for years um, 
for years before I joined Ali, but um, you don't have to be, you know, it's not about, are you using cool terminology? Are you using this, the, the emoji that's the hot thing now? It's not about, are you the most, it's not about, you're not going to be graded also if, if you are like the most fun person in the world. Like a lot of people, um, if you're, you shouldn't be concerned about your social, like if you have like a plus number one social skills, um, or if you're, if you're feeling we take like, all the weirdos too. <laughs> we take, yes. Um, so I think that's important as well. Like I, um, like I personally, like I can feel sometimes like I'm a little bit different or a little bit of an outsider and, um, and, um, and what I focused on with the, the Slack interview was just, you know, not overthinking my, my responses and just like responding quickly, trying to have, uh, trying to have a good time. You know, everybody gets nervous in interviews, like, no, like straight up, it can be intimidating, but, um, it's Slack is our primary mode of communication. So it's helpful for, you to see if this would be comfortable for you to do this kind of communication for, you know, in your everyday work life consistently, mm -hmm. um, because it will be more slack, just answering questions with your teammates and just having these um, informal conversations. Um, and that's what it's more um, about. Again, if, if you're not comfortable um, if, if you're not comfortable communicating over Slack um, all the time. This probably, this probably would be a difficult, a difficult learning curve for you. Yeah. Not totally. impossible. Not I won't impossible. say impossible, but. <clears throat> Absolutely. Yes, Absolutely. it is our primary mode of communication. Slack and Zoom. So, awesome. I'm just gonna jump in really quick. We have only, I know this time went by so fast. We only have 10 more minutes left. So, and I know there's going to be a lot of questions. I do want to get to the diversity slide, but maybe like one cent, like, you know, maybe one comment um, from, from Max as well as Christina about what um, the diversity efforts at Alley look like. And then we can hop into a live Q&A so that the participants can turn their videos on and ask the questions. Yeah, that sounds great. Um, I will jump quickly into diversity and say that it is a primary goal of my career um, to, to champion diversity and also part of why I not only came to Alley but why I've stayed at Alley. Uh, we have a diversity inclusion working committee. We formed it in January of last year. It was partner initiated, so it's led from the top, like the top part of Alley said, hey, we need to do this. And we were lucky that we had already been in place um, while all of the various events of 2020 unfolded because we were able to become um, sort of a, a safe haven and also guiding arm in terms of Alley's diversity practices. Um, we are inclusive because we don't believe in one hit DEI wonders. We believe in praxis which means acting and reflecting on the world in order to change it. And when we say we're going to take action, we act transparent, transparently. We've published, you can find on our website, our DEI pledge, what we're committed to do, um, specifically around areas such as retention and growth and hiring and demographics. Um, we recognize that we are currently not as diverse as we would like to be. And we are actively trying to change that, um, both through our hiring practices, um, 
through the partnerships that we're making with underrepresented groups. Um, we have also had a long-standing consultancy agreement with a company called Culture Cipher. Nadia Jones is a diversity specialist based in Brooklyn, and she is absolutely incredible and she has been such a valuable resource for us we have done company-wide uh, implicit bias training company-wide anti how to be an anti-racist training and we we have her you know kind of in our back pocket helping us move forward with all of our language and initiatives to, to keep Ali as inclusive as possible moving forward and that's what i'll say about that unless christina has anything else to add now the only thing that i'm going to say is um that um, diversity is important to me. It makes everything that we do better, makes us stronger. Um, we create better products um, when we're not as diverse as we should be. It's definitely a weakness for us. I, um, that this is why um, accessibility is important for me. Accessibility, if we are, if um, like accessibility is how, if we're not building inclusive accessible products, then we're hypocrites. Um, and it's um, very important to me that um, everybody can use the stuff that we build. Um, and, um, and yeah, I think, I think that's it. I really just, you know, I'm sorry we took so much time. I do wanna hear from folks. Yeah, well, there's good <laughs> questions. Let's, awesome. let's go to that. I'm gonna, stop, I'm gonna stop my share. Thank you, thank you so much, everyone. So uh, let's hop into questions. So everybody turn your camera on. I know that everyone has had some really amazing uh, questions in the chat. I felt like through the presentation though, some of the questions were answered. So I wanna allow you to, you know, get on camera, let us see, let us see who you are and ask um, a question. So how would Ali differentiate those who applied after today's presentation? There is in the in our hiring process, there is um, an optional, it's an optional uh, diversity questionnaire that each candidate may or may not uh, answer. And it that's where it says, you know, <laughs> where did you hear about us if you heard about us through our Tripaha partnership? And we are actively tracking those metrics and trying to improve them. So as we reach out and partner with organizations like Tripaha, we are Keep it, we are making sure that we're paying attention to who's coming through these channels because we want to shift it from, you know, the standard stereotypical tech white cis het dude. We have we have a lot of really lovely of those people, and we're looking for a lot of really lovely other people as well. Yeah, so shout us out, please. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so with Travaha, um, yeah, you know, as a reference, that would be really great. And so, are you? Um, Elsa said, what are your suggestions on how to get past the application and into an interview? I think that um, it's helpful. This may be just a very like basic response to this, but I think it's helpful to um, be very clear about what position you're looking for, why you're interested in working with Ali and what your skills are. Just be very clear and authentic to, to who you are. Um, and um, and I saw the next question, do you hire people in Nigeria and Africa? I, Nigeria has such an exciting tech scene right now. Um, and um, so, and we don't, we don't not hire anybody from anywhere. Um, so yeah, why not? Um, Absolutely. <laughs> sorry, is it okay if, uh, Yusuf, can you 
ask your questions live so we can um, kind of see, get some different faces on the camera on the recording. Yeah, definitely. Uh, hi, I'm Yusuf. Uh, uh, I I'm a career changer and a lot of the times when I see the user experience, uh, something that comes to my mind is design. So I was wondering how much does your work involved in design? And if not, or minimal, uh, who is the designer and what's your collaboration between you and the designers? It depends on the project and the client. I would say most of our user experience developers do not actively design. We do have an open role for a designer and we do have a couple people who have a tandem role where they are primarily designers, but they do some front-end coding as well. Because we work in Scrum, we, we follow sort of a T-shape. You, you're the, the long part of your T, which is your skill set, and then you have the cross of your T, which is new areas that you're branching out on. So short answer is most UX developers are primarily working on their long T, which is front-end coding, JavaScript, uh, HTML, CSS, and then some design, but we do have dedicated designers and a dedicated design role as well. Occasionally, so like on internal pro projects where we have design needs, those are the people who will work on that. Occasionally we have clients who bring their designs to us and we do a lot of that as well. Does that make sense? Yeah, thank you for sharing. Yeah, no problem. Natalia? Can you hear me? Hi, I'm Natalia. Hi. Oh, go ahead. Okay. I'll go ahead and ask my question. Um, so you really emphasize um, the lack of managers. So how do evaluations happen at your company? That's a super good question. Um, we do a, a round of year end reviews, which is also through your coach, discussing with your coach, um, where your team, you, you solicit peer feedback and feedback from pretty much anyone in the company. I could solicit the feedback today from the director of technology if I wanted to. But at the end of each year, there's a round of reviews where you solicit feedback from five to six uh, coworkers. And you discuss that feedback with your coach. And it is all formalized in a document and, tr and tracked. Um, this process is also something that we're iterating on to make it better. This is how it's been done. So it's not necessarily what it's going to look like through this next iteration. But you do have a record of year-end reviews. Um, there's always performance reviews at, at, that come up quarterly with your coach. So these things are being, are being considered as we go forward and, and measured. Um, you set development goals and professional goals through your coaching relationship and sort of work towards that on your own schedule with them as the main through line. Did I miss anything, Christina? I think that sounds, I think that sounds pretty accurate. Yeah. Awesome. So we will take uh, Sashama's question and then Carolyn. Hi everyone. My name is Sushma. Um, thank you so much for the presentation. It's been amazing to hear about the company and you guys. Uh, so I just have, had a quick question. I went through the website and the careers page and I see the developers role require PHP uh, as the basic skill. So I'm just curious, like I have no familiarity with PHP. I'm a Java developer. So um, is it okay to apply and how will it process through the application? 
I would say that while we don't currently have any Java projects, it doesn't mean that we that we won't. And also, if you do write Java trans and you are interested in transitioning to write Java and PHP and you feel comfortable with that, that would be something that you could stress in your application. Um, you know, we are PHP, the company started as uh, working with Drupal and now, now we work primarily with WordPress, but we also are branching out. We're looking for a Laravel developer because we're doing a lot of Laravel projects. Again, that's still PHP. It doesn't mean that we won't have something coming down the pipeline. And so the more we know about you and your will, your interest and willingness, the, the better we could in the future, if we don't have anything pop out and say, hey, we know this great candidate came, you know, through our Trabaja partnership and we can get in touch at another point. So that's, a, it's still worth it, in my opinion. <laughs> Thank you so much. Sure. Carolyn. Yeah, so I had a question regarding kind of the technical interview. I am in particular uh, interested in being a UX developer and I know there is starting to be a shift from really algorithm heavy technical interviews to more like code assessments and code projects. So I was curious kind of where Ali lands on that spectrum. Um, I have had in my experience was that um, I you know, like I didn't have to do any sort of whiteboard coding or answer questions about irrelevant algorithms that had nothing to do with the day-to-day -day life of a UX developer. Um, so, but I did have to answer questions about, um, about CSS, JavaScript, HTML, performance, accessibility, um, any experience that I had with backend work, experience that I had with design. Um, and I did have to, you know, you do, are, you are asked to submit code samples and um, and I and um, you may be asked to do a small project or um, or to um, submit additional code samples. Um, but um, one of the things that I appreciated about the technical interviews is that um, is that everything was relevant. I'm sorry, my cat's like right here on my table. Um, is a. Uh, um, is that everything was relevant to what a UX developer does on a day-to-day -day basis, that it wasn't anything that it was. And I think that the same thing goes for, um, for the software developer role. They will ask you things that are relevant to the type of work that we do. Um, it's not about um, you know, making the interviewer look smart or making the candidate sweat or you know, somebody trying to show off um, their, that they have a computer science degree or something like that. Um, I, it's a very, um, I found it to be a very um, compassionate process. Thank you. Samuel? Um, yes. Uh, first of all, thank you guys for doing this. Totally amazing and very informative. Um, I should have been a fan of Ali, but couple of years now, um, who would have thought that a chance to sit in an uh, event such as this. But uh, to my question, um, I think somebody just pushed that in the chat, literally, when you say code samples, um, what exactly do you mean by that? And what I'm looking for is like, in my instance, I've had done code for projects where you need dependencies, I've wrote code where it's just pure code, no dependencies needed, and you just go to GitHub, you download and you run it. Um, I've had multiple codes where it's, it worked with JavaScript, 
and will be unrailed at the same time. So what are you looking for with that? That's a super good question. Um, we are looking for, I'm gonna post in chat the link to our best practices on this. Um, we tend to ask people to share links to GitHub repositories. We want, want to actually see the code you've written, or you could set, share a pen if you have a pen or a sandbox somewhere. Um, and we ask people to be really clear, obviously, if they're working on client projects with another company or with other team members, just to be really specific about what, what they wrote and what they're doing. Um, obviously, links to live apps if you have if you're running i don't know on heroku or one of the other stacks if you have a live app that you've built um linking to something working is great but it's really we really come down to um let's see the code you write let's see it in a repo um and and how you structure it and we ask you specific questions from there uh, wonderful my follow-up to that is if you don't have a live app, so to speak, but you kind of created a demo for that and combine mm -hmm. that with a GitHub where it's uh, where it's uh, where you kind of host a repository, what have you, would that still function or fill that blank for what you're looking mm -hmm. for? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think you could actually absolutely as long as you again, if you as long as you tell us what we're looking at, I think right. it'll it'll absolutely count. We're we're more interested in the brain behind the code than how quickly you can write um, a, an elegant loop. You know what I mean? Okay, sounds wonderful. Yeah. And uh, the last one part of that question is: um, it, Does year matter? Like, does years matter with this? Because I am more nude JavaScript React React Native, which is not like my new kid now. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I don't have PHP experiences like earlier question, but I am willing to learn that. So it has to be relevant in this process. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I will tell you that um, I saw a couple of questions about like what level of experience was needed to apply. And again, Ali has previous to now been looking more for mid-career people, but now with our initiatives to bring in a more diverse workforce, we recognize that opportunities are different for everybody. And so we actually have an internal initiative to help developers with training. And it's why we're putting such an emphasis on professional development. So we do primarily work in, in PHP and JavaScript, and then the foundational, you know, HTML and CSS. Those are our, probably our two biggest languages that we're working in right now. Um, but it's always helpful to have React people. We have a, we've had a little bit of Vue projects happening. Um, we haven't done any React Native yet, but it doesn't mean we couldn't. I know a couple of clients who would really like that. So, so we are open to helping folks grow at this point in our growth. Um, we're figuring out what that looks like, and we're willing to have the conversations to make it to make it work. Really, if you like us and we like you, we will make it work. Amazing. Uh, very grateful. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you, everyone. So I want to be mindful of everyone's time. Um, we are a little bit over, but that is okay. We had a great time today. I'm trying to spotlight myself and I can't figure out how to do it. Um, <laughs> oh, I got to turn on my camera. That's why. Okay. Sorry. One second. I'm trying to spotlight myself. And here I am. Thank you so much, everyone. Let's thank um, Max and Christina for, you know, giving us that great presentation and answering all of our questions. Is there any way um, for Trabaja members to, if they 
weren't able to ask questions, maybe dropping your LinkedIn or allowing them to ask questions in our Slack channel, if, if you're a part of our Slack channel. Um, yeah, I would be happy to join your Slack channel. I'm not yet a part of it, but but that would probably be the best way. We're in Slack 100% of the time. So I'm happy to do okay. that. Yeah, awesome. So if you're not a part of our Slack, please go to trabaja.co, create a free profile, um, a free candidate profile, and then you'll get an invitation to our Slack channel where we're about over 2,500 members right now and we're growing every single day. And so we are constantly inviting amazing tech startups, just like Ali, who are on a mission to diversify their workforce. So excited for this. Please, if you are qualified, if you're super interested, apply, um, be confident in your abilities that you can do it and you can be great. This has been amazing. Thank you so much, everyone. Really appreciate it. Have a great rest of your day.